This is a little side note. If you haven't noticed around Westminster Church over the past, I don't know, couple of decades, we're very focused on having families worship together, whatever the composition of your family is. We want you to, to be together, and we want us as, as, a church, as an extended church family to be in worship together, and that's why, we, that's why we have kids and have always allowed and wanted children to be in the worship service, to, to participate in the worship service pre-COVID, our younger children participated and, and served during the worship service by helping to collect up the offering. I really miss that because it gives them, it shows them how valuable they are right now as part of our life of faith, and they still are. And you may not know, and recently we've had a couple of musical things happen with some of our younger people, which is awesome, to have them bring their talents and share with us. You may not also know that within the operations of running a worship service on a Sunday morning, some of our younger people are are taking responsibility for that, running the screen and running sound and learning the back in the back room to help stream and and do all of that. It's really it's it's just an orientation that we have that really believes in the body of Christ. That everyone has gifts to give. And when we invite them to give them, we are all made better and richer, and we have joy. I just, I was moved by by that this morning to just alert you to all of that. Because sometimes when we come to things, I'm not always observant about what's always going on around me, but I wanted to to alert you to that. So we're going to move into a very important question that most of you probably don't know the answer to. And I'm going to ask two of my confirmation people this question, and they probably don't know the answer, so it's okay if you don't know, okay? Just, I'm putting you on the spot. Carson's here somewhere. He's hiding, maybe. What's the purpose of your life? Right now, what would you say? To serve God. Okay, he's in church. Good job. Okay. All right. All right. To make a difference. Okay. All right. What's the purpose of your life right now? That's the big question I'm asking. And I'm, I know I'm messing with our camera people because I'm moving around. I'm sorry. Serve God. Okay, we're in church. Okay, we got that. It's good. These, what, I, what, I like, what I like about our kids is that they know where they are. Right? They, they know... They know what the appropriate response is in, in the context. What's so interesting to me is we, we've been studying the catechism, this new city catechism, which is not one of our catechisms, but and a catechism is a way that we traditionally teach the faith in the Christian church. It's a question and answer format. And, and, it, and it begins, I mean, many of the catechisms begin with really what is, what is the purpose of humans? Like what, what are we... What are we to be about? And we're going we're gonna to talk about that because I think in every era, but, but especially in this era and especially in an affluent country like ours, we get super confused about what our purpose is. We've been taught to believe, not theologically necessarily, but maybe, that there is a path 
to happiness and contentment. There is a path to success and to enjoyment. And the way that that's come about, for, for most people, painting in broad brushstrokes here, is you get in the right preschool to get into the right kindergarten to get into the right elementary school. And when you get into elementary school, you earn grades. And those grades are very important. In fact, the purpose of your life is to get good grades because that will help you get into the right middle school. And then those good grades that you then go on to get in middle school will help you get into the right high school. And the right high school will give you the opportunity to get into what? The right college. And the right college will afford you the opportunity to get a job. And that job might make you rich. Thank you. I was waiting for somebody to see what, what that finish of that sentence might be. It might also be a place where you go, um, there are no grades here. I'm here 12 months, 300 and some days a year, and it's basically the same thing every day. My whole purpose of my life has been seasonal work. I've been pursuing grades, I've been pursuing accolades, I've been pursuing all these things. And, and sometimes we can do this in our work, right? We, we make up these things and there are, there are hierarchies and we get, and we get, we get titles and we get more degrees and we, we get all these things. But we, we're taught to believe there is a path, work hard, get good grades, earn awards, go to a good college, get good grades, get a good job. A researcher has written a book, I'm sure there's many, about how what this really does is this really messes us up. This whole orientation and on purpose of our life. It, it, it's making us nuts. Children are anxious beyond where they've ever been as far as we know before. Diagnosis of ADD and anxiety disorder and depression and bipolar are through the roof. Theologically, we would call this sin, people. We're broken. We put ourselves on the wrong path because we believe that that's what gets us what we want, which is success and contentment and happiness and primarily money, I think. Listen, I, you all know, when I preach to you, I'm preaching to me. All right? I, 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 ooh, I feel this. I've pursued a lot of things primarily to earn more money so that I thought I could be more happy. Right? So it's interesting. This researcher then was in a high school giving a presentation about all of this research and, and how, and how it's, it's, it's making us very unhappy. It's making us very discontent. It's making people do all kinds of crazy things. It's screwing up relationships. And this high school student, after the presentation, said, 
If everything you said is true and I'm not working for grades and trying to get into college, then what's the purpose of life? If that's not a knife in your heart, you might want to check your pulse to see if you have one. What's important? What's the purpose of our life? Theologically, Westminster Confession asks this question, what is, and forgive the, the older language, what is the chief end of man, or what is the chief end of humans, and what is the answer to that? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. This is not to say that seeking to learn, seeking to earn, seeking to use your gifts and skills and hone them with education and with striving and all of that can't glorify God. I'm not saying that. But I think today, as much as any time ever, we, we really need to think about how we're orienting ourselves in our world, especially as Christian people. Because we get, we, get so, we get so wrapped up in these paths that we're following that, that God becomes that path. And we lose our way. And we become estranged from God. And we know that estrangement from God is sin. That's, that's what it is. It's brokenness. And we know that we're broken. We, that's part of what we've been learning in this catechism is, is that doctrine of original sin. And through Adam came sin. And we're all, we're all broken. We're all sinful. And, and, and the question today is what? The question today that we we're supposed to be talking about. Is there any way to escape punishment and be brought back into God's favor? Basically, it's, it's the culmination of all the sin talk and how we're broken and that God, and that, and that we deserve punishment. We continue to live outside in estrangement from God and, and, and we, according to, according to justice, we deserve punishment. And so then, well, what is, what is the way that we get brought back into God's favor? And the answer is? Jesus. Jesus thank you. God, out of mere mercy, that is such an interesting phrase, mere mercy, mercy is not getting what you deserve, out of mere mercy, reconciles us to God's self and delivers us from sin and from the punishment of sin by a Redeemer. And this redemption reorients everything. Because if... If there is no redemption, if there is no, if there is no new life, no free life, where we understand mercy, where we understand grace, where we understand love in this new way, where we understand what our purpose really is, then why wouldn't we follow that other path? Because it seems like everybody else is having a great time doing it. Those are the people that get the accolades in our society in general, right? I mean, you know. I was the second person at Google. I was the fifth person at Facebook. I was the this. I was the that. I had this title. I did those things. And we, they write books and they do all kinds of things. And so we get caught up in that. And so, and so without a redemption, we cling on to whatever God we think is going to get us what we want. 
which we think that may be happiness or contentment, and we think that we're going to get that by striving and by earning and by having things and becoming something. And again, this isn't to say that we shouldn't be growing and learning and seeking to, to touch more lives and shouldn't be trying to expand you know, who we are and, and all of that. Again, I, I caveat, this is, this is not an easy study. This is not a one or zero kind of thing. Being a Christian, being redeemed, seeking to glorify God and enjoy God forever, is, it, it, is, it is hard mental, spiritual, physical work to think about and to deal with all the forces that are coming at you at all times. Because those forces are powerful forces. They are the, they, they are the ones that move us every day. The messages we get in the classroom, out of the classroom, on the ball field, in the dance studio, wherever it is that we find ourselves, those messages are very clear. If you want to get somewhere, you better follow this path. Jesus says, you're already somewhere. You're already someone. And the outcome of our redemption, the outcome of having a redeemer and being recycled. (laughs) Being recycled to God. Yes, we're being recycled. Um, Being reconciled to God is that we begin to see ourselves differently. And we begin to see others differently. We begin to think about what's important differently, what the aim of our lives is. We begin to be able to say yes to ourselves, but yes to other people, even in their differences from us. We begin to identify where systems are broken and move against certain classes of people, and we begin to say, we don't believe that that glorifies God and helps people enjoy God, and we're going to work against that, but we are not creating an enemy over here because we're still for these people. We're not before what they're doing and what they're saying, but we are for them as a fundamental, beautiful creature of God's creation. We see this path of power and success being played out in our world in a very big way right now. It's being played out all the time, but in a big way right now. There are big chess moves being made. And these big chess moves, the kings and the queens and the rooks and the knights and the bishops being moved around, the pawns get sacrificed. You're going to hear in the prayers part of a statement that's made by our, the stated clerk of our national church, the PCUSA, and I encourage you to read it. Just Google PCUSA and Ukrainian statement, or U, their statement on Ukraine. Just read what he has to say. I think it's, it's really beautiful. It's typical Reformed and typical Presbyterian. It's very balanced because we say we... We don't embrace the language of enemy, but we also know the ravages of war. 
and we condemn those. And you and I, we can, we can look at that and go, well, that's, that's other people, that's other places, that's, that's other things. But what it is, is it's brokenness and sin being writ large. If you, don't, if you don't believe that we're broken, if you don't believe all that, just turn on the news for like 10 seconds. You, you, can, you see it everywhere. And, and for us as people who have been redeemed, who have been, who have been reconciled to God, who have, who have been made new, we, we have the chance every day to have hope and to trust in that redemption, in that reconciliation, rather than despair in what we see happening around us. Because it's easy to despair. You hear me say all the time, like the bad is always there. It is always right in front of us. The good is hard to see sometimes. We have a a member whose son has been teaching English as a second language in Hungary. And she's very concerned for him right now. The school or the people that he teaches with, they have been alerted that they're going to be receiving Ukrainian refugees. Just think about that for a moment. Another country is going to be receiving refugees. I mean, it's horrible that they have to be refugees, but another country is going to be receiving them, welcoming them, perhaps. There's good, even in the midst of this. And we, as people of faith, we who have been reconciled, Somehow, some way, every day, I believe we must keep in front of us the purpose of our lives because it is so easy for that purpose to get eroded over time. Where we buy into this path and it becomes our God rather than the one who actually gives life and doesn't take life away. Because all the little gods, that's what they do. They're not ultimate. They take life away. We, in our redemption and our salvation, what does it allow us to free us to do? It allows us to be for the flourishing of others. And in that, well, and for ourselves, and in that, we find our purpose in relationship, in community, in love and grace and mercy, in sacrifice. And so today, I hope that what I've shared has disturbed you a little bit. Maybe caused you to sit back and think about what is important to you as a person of faith as a person, as a human being, and what it is that we're teaching the next generations, how it is we're, we're living our lives at work, and how we treat those that we work with, how we're talking about other people who have differing opinions than we do. And I hope that it has also maybe opened you up to an understanding that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that it might be saved. 
And that the judgment is this, the light has come into the world and that people love darkness rather than light. Those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. May it be so with us. Amen.